Hey everybody, welcome to episode 208 of the Piper's Dojo audio experience, which you can find on SoundCloud and iTunes. Um, Today, just an intro from my morning class this morning, which was kind of interesting and we drilled down into uh, the specifics of practicing. And the moral of the story is that when we practice, we wanna go an inch wide. We wanna focus on something very small, but we wanna go a mile deep on that thing. So uh, today we looked at the second part of a tune that we've been working on, focusing specifically on grace note quality and making that the specific jumping off point of that session. And then we work deeply on that part to actually make it better so we can walk away from that practice session sounding better. So without further ado, here's a little introduction from today's class. Just a short little episode. Maybe they'll get your gears turning as far as how you can get more out of your practice sessions Uh, in the upcoming few days. So I hope you enjoy. So welcome everybody to today's class. So today we're going to pick up where we left off a little bit from Monday and what we were discussing yesterday a little bit in that um, I want to continue to hear a small piece of what you're doing, focusing on a specific, uh, a specific fundamental first and foremost. Okay, so sort of like emulating what a practice session might look like uh, if if we were to approach it and what I think is the right way. So just to review what the right way isn't, right? The right way to practice is not to, uh, to take an entire tune and play it. Unless you're, you know, this, by the way, this is a sliding scale. So a player like myself might actually focus on an entire tune, um, but only because that's an appropriate bite for me to chew off in many cases. But for the beginner and intermediate player, um, that's probably not so much the case. So when you're practicing, you want to bite off a piece that you can chew. For an intermediate player, maybe it would be one part of a tune. And in this practice session, I'm going to disassemble this one part of a tune. And I'm going to work on it. And then when you work on it, you you don't try to listen for everything at once. That's too much of a bite to chew off. Uh, on average, right? How are we supposed to listen for five different things? Instead, we should probably pick one thing. Maybe it would be the thing we know we're the weakest at, or maybe it's a more cyclical thing where, you know, um, I looked at crossing noises two days ago, and yesterday I focused on rhythm. So today, you know, why don't we focus on uh, grace note quality or something like that? So then, the so a good example of what would be a, a good practice session would be okay i'm going to look at so for example what i want to do today is i want to look at the second part of my tune and i want to focus on grace note quality first and foremost as i work through that part so um you know that would be a good a good way to um that would be a good way to have a look at or that would be a good way to practice, right? And actually develop your playing and actually get a little bit better. So when I say grace note quality, what do I mean? What is, what is good grace note quality? Martina says size and sync. Yep, those are the talking points. Uh, go a little deeper for me. What is size and what is sync? Just to get the blood flowing, get everybody thinking. By the way, if you don't have any idea what I'm talking about, you should pay attention so that in the future you do because it's very important 
aspect of piping. Okay, a couple of people said what Beth said, but what Beth said isn't really correct. It's close, right? So she said as short as musically possible. That's sort of a that's sort of a turn of phrase that we leave for uh, cut notes, like you know, the ASAPs and ALAP ASAP movements. Uh, it's close. We do want the grace note to be short. I like to go with as short as audibly possible, right? There's no level of bigness that we want in a grace note, where in that melody note that passes, that cut note, there is an element of size in there that kind of matters, right? That's right. So I go with as short as audibly possible. Similar to, right? It's very similar. And one of the major points we make when we talk about uh, rhythmic accuracy is that's essentially what's going on with the metronome, with the click of a metronome, right? How long is this click? Is it as long as musically possible? Or sorry, as short as musically possible? Or is it just a tiny percussive sound that really has no length at all? Like what length is that click? You wouldn't assign it a length, would you? Um, also picture a snare drummer in your band. When they hit the drum, how long is that sound? And then even though if you put it under a microscope and you see that the sound does have a certain length to it, right? That's the whole point of percussion. It might even be part of the definition of a percussive sound, right? Which is that we don't, we don't, we're not ever concerned with the length of that, right, sound. We're not concerned with that sound. We're instead concerned about when that sound happens <clears throat> and the fact that you can't actually discern any length of time for that note. Does everybody follow that? It's very important distinction, I think. People ask me all the time, so like, so like, you know, the, the, the cut notes and the dot cuts, <clears throat> it's basically just a grace note. No, no, it's not. Mark Du Bois and I fight about this all the time. It's because, Mark, you haven't thought this through. Uh, no, and it's also because, uh, it's also because to a degree it doesn't matter that much, but it matters. Uh, an ASAP note is a melody note, and we have to be able to hear that note. Um, we have to be able to hear that clearly and audibly in order for it to be musical. A grace note is not a melody note. A grace note is just an articulation. It's a percussive sound. Why are grace notes written as 164th? It's a good question, right? Which it's not. It's actually a 32nd, but close enough. I know what you mean, Jane, right? The answer is <clears throat> that uh, they're written that way because they're supposed to be played short, but to put any more flags on the note would probably take up too much space. And so they just decided on the 32nd. Yeah, and Roger says it's an approximation. I don't even know if it is an approximation, other than to say it's the, sim it's the best symbol they could come up with when they started to try to print bagpipe music. Remember that like <clears throat> bagpipe music was not written down on the, uh, was not written down on paper until the early, well, yeah, until the early 1800s. It wasn't even attempted. It wasn't even like a thing. And then, uh, and then they started, they actually, you know, I'm bastardizing history here, but then they, they would actually have, you know, competitions as to who could write down uh, Pibrock and other forms of bagpipe music the best on the scale. Angus Mackay was sort of the person who really surfaced as, you know, 
as being the person who did that. And I'm, you know, and there were tons and tons of flaws in the way that it was done then. Um, some of those flaws carry over today because I can't really think of a better way to appropriately articulate grace notes on the page, can you? But remember, it's all just symbols. Good. Tony, uh, Tony you, this is genius. This is perfect. Thank you for the perfect segue. Andrew, I understand everything you are saying, <clears throat> but being able to implement, even with a metronome, I come in earlier on a consistent basis. So the fact that you're aware of that is awesome. And that's a perfect example of the type of thing we would work on in a practice session like this, like we're about to undertake today. So um, it's, that's the perfect thing to think about. Um, and the answer is going to be, it's going to be found in being aware of that and then trying to make the adjustments that we need to make. This is my metronome here, right? Let's pretend I had a tune that was just low A with a bunch of G grace notes. That was it. Very minimalist, right? My objective would be to make the grace note and the metronome click completely the same, where you honestly could not tell the difference between the two. So I'll try a little bit. Let me see. Here's my tune. Okay, I may have missed once or twice, but I did a pretty good job there, right? And what I'm doing is I'm asking my brain, you know, is that, cro is that crossing noise, right? Is that grace note uh, happening at the, exact, um, at the exact same time as the metronome? We looked a little bit at the beginning of Ockney Glen. Uh, oops, my phone turned off. My phone screen turned off. Here we go, phone. Uh, we looked a little bit at Ockney Glen. I think maybe it was Will that was playing this before. This is a good example because there's a lot of these G grace notes that need to happen at the exact same time as the click. So as I'm playing, I'm worried about the size and the synchronization of my grace notes, right? Size being probably the most important thing. Keeping the size of these grace notes very, very small and tiny. And then on the rhythmic side of things, right? Synchronizing perfectly with the metronome. And that's, um, I sort of purposely, but let's pretend that that uh, problem I had at the end of the part, let's pretend I, I have that problem there. I say to myself, man, that was really crappy in that section. So then I would go back to that ending phrase, okay, and I would workshop it a little bit. Maybe I take the tempo, slow it down, okay, and now let's dissect this phrase for a little while and, and fix it so that then I can reintegrate it into the rest of the part which was quite good, right? Oh man, okay, okay, I think I can hear it. I'm just coming in early to the metronome every time. Okay, right? So let's, we gotta work on that better. Okay, getting a little better.
right? There, I have it how I like it. Let's pretend I did that several times just to make sure it was good. And I like it, so um, let's split the difference in the tempo and make sure it's still good at this tempo. Okay, let's pretend I did that several times to make sure it was great. Now I'm back up to my original tempo. Okay, I did that a bunch of times. I'm happy with how that phrase has come along. Now, my objective is to reintegrate it into the rest of the part, which I played, and for the most part I liked. So now I'm gonna reintegrate it. Except for that miscellaneous crossing noise in there. That was a good example, right? So I, I fixed that piece, then I reintegrated it into the part. And there, I've just actually made an improvement on what I'm doing um, by breaking it down, working through it. Focusing specifically on grace notes in this case and the, and the rhythm, you know, and the rhythmic accuracy of the grace notes. Everybody got me? See what I'm doing there? Jane says, the grace note on the low A in bar 10 is different. Yes, that's a D grace note. But that grace note does not happen on the click, I think. Yeah? Okay, so let's have some hands. I wanna hear some second parts of tunes. <laughs> 